don't know that we necessarily have a typical Holy Spirit service. But this likely will not be one. Even before I knew that I was going to be the one doing it, I felt like this one was going to be different. I feel like God is drawing us to him. This is not going to be a sermon, a handshake, and have a good week. This is going to be something different. And you're going to get out of it what you draw on him. Go ahead and sit down, sorry. I'm just putting on my heart that we needed to peace, be still. And there's two different ways to use that. The first one we see is in Mark 4, 35 to 41. It's common of the storm. It says, That same day when evening came, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. When they had sent the crowd away, they took him to the boat in the boat just as he was. There was also other little boats with him. A great wind arose, and the waves splashed into the boat so that it was now filling the boat. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? He rose, rebuked the wind and waves to the sea, saying, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Who are you? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They feared greatly and said to one another, What kind of man is he? that even the winds and the sea obey him. You see, much like Elisha and the servant this morning, Jesus was in the same situation as his servants. And yet they saw differently. What's the difference? The boat was the same. The winds were the same. The storm was the same. But one of them rose up and said, peace, be still. He was able to have that inner peace, and he was able to still himself because he had taken time to get still before his father. You see, Jesus only did what he said, or did and said what he heard and say, heard and saw the father do. So when he said, let us go to the other side, it was because God said, let us go to the other side. That meant there was a call and there was a provision. He knew that if God said, let's go, that's where they were going. So it didn't matter the circumstances. You see, when you know God, you don't need to know the circumstances, the whys or the hows. You just know who. But to do that, we have to Stand still and see his glory. And how often are we really doing that? Really. I mean, this is pretty much the core. We've got a Holy Spirit service where we are truly seeking after God. And yet, look around. In the grand scheme of things, the turnout is minuscule. If we can't take the one day 
set aside to seek after our king, are we really going to be doing it throughout our week? You see, I was sitting there thinking as Deb was talking about tithes and offerings. You know, he says we're supposed to tithe on our increase. How many days are you promised? Is there anything in the word that says you were promised this many days? It says you can. Every day is increase, is it not? How many of us tithe on our increase? It's 24 hours in a day. Two hours and 40 minutes. And yet right now, even as I say that, somebody's going, I can't do that. I don't have two hours and 40 minutes just to sit. And there lies your problem. This is why you don't have two hours and 40 minutes. This is why life is chaotic. Family is chaotic. Finances are chaotic. Because we let the wind and the waves rage in our lives instead of taking the time to have peace within us so we can stand up and command our lives to be still and fall in line with the word of God. I saw this thing on Facebook as I, was, I went home instead of going to lunch because it wasn't just this morning's sermon that I lost when my computer messed up. It was tonight's sermon as well. So I went home to work back on it, and I was looking for a message, um, some preaching, and I came across a pastor friend of ours had posted, the Holy Spirit is as loud as our willingness to listen. But here's the question. Do we know his voice? If he gets loud, will we know it? My kids know my voice. I can say, Luke. Now somebody else can say, Luke. And he's like, and probably keeps running. How are we with the Holy Spirit? When he says, Natalie, do we go, yes, dear, yes, Lord. Not yes, dear. That's what I say to my husband. <laughs> and even if he has to get loud, Natalie, I said, come here. I'm sorry, sir, yes. Or is it, Nicole, come here. And we keep running aimlessly around. We've got to take the time to get to know our king. We'll take the time to seek after food. We'll drive over an hour to go get the restaurant we want. Then you count at least a minimum of another hour in the restaurant. Minimum. Then you got the hour drive back. Well, but that's, that's my favorite restaurant. So we'll pour in to feed in our bellies. But will we pour in to feed in our spirits? Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a well-proven help in trouble. And you skip down to verse 10 that says, Be still and know that I am God. Here again we find a command. 
It's not a suggestion. It's a command. You've got to be still. When our kids are wiggling the seats and we tell them to be still, what do we expect them to do? Be still. If I tell Luke, you be still, he knows. If I have to look at him again, it ain't good. God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He is the answer to every issue. You see, the be still in this verse means to cease striving. Stop or stop fighting. It can also mean wake up. Stop fearing. Acknowledge who your king is. You see, the attacks come, and our best response isn't panic. It isn't calling the prayer chain. First, it is be still. When the attacks come, the best thing you can do is hit your knees. Because the more we hit our knees in prayer, the stronger we're able to stand in life. There is a power in being still. And if we don't have the time to do so, now's the perfect time to start sowing it. And that's what we're going to do this evening. It's not going to be a normal one, I told you. Live stream's going to be cut off. Sorry if you didn't show up. Don't know what to tell you, show up. You've got to be intentional in your pursuit of God. It's great that we live in a day of technology, and there are exceptions. But the majority of the population uses technology as a crutch. You've got to be intentional. You can't just go to the Internet and listen to a sermon and keep trucking. You've got to get up and get on your knees in prayer. Your spiritual life cannot be lived through the preaching of another man or woman. You're not going to know him solely off of my preaching, their worship, somebody's preaching online. You've got to be intentional about pursuing your king. He was very intentional about pursuing you. So we're going to spend this evening sowing time. Because we've seen it in the Word. He says, God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you need time, sow. Giving, the God, giving God the first of everything in our life qualifies us to be multiplied. And there's an attack on our time. Because there's an attack on our life. Because if you don't take the time to get to know who God is, you're not going to have the time to know who you are in Him. Yeah. Yeah. This is why the attacks come and they will bowl us over. Because we don't even know that all of the weapons are right there. We don't even know that the strength is within us. We don't even know who we've got back in us. We freak out like Elisha's servant. Oh God, what am I going to do? Meanwhile, we've got a host of angels surrounding us that are just saying, fight, 
I've got you. But we don't know it because we don't know our king and we'll never know who we are. We'll never see the victory we're called to walk in because we never take the time to find out we've already won. Mark 10, 9 says, What God has joined together, let no one separate. This isn't just a wedding scripture. You have been joined together with God. You have been joined together as one with the Son of God. With Jesus Christ, you are one. And yet we're our own worst enemies, separating ourselves from him instead of consecrating ourselves for him. What God has joined together, how dare we try to separate? If you're married, I want you to think about it. How long would your marriage last if you only spent the same amount of time with your spouse that you do with your king? Would it last? Would it prosper? Jesus came and joined together a lot with God. In Luke 5, 16, it says, But he withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. Matthew 14, 23. When he sent the crowds away, he separated himself from the world. He went up into the mountain by himself to pray, and when evening came, he was there alone. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, intentional, early. How many of us will get up early to go to the gym and work out? Or get up early so that we've got time to take a hot shower? Or to make breakfast? Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. Luke 11, 1, he was praying in a certain place. You see, we can't seek first the kingdom if we won't seek God. We've got to understand that our time with God is spiritual battle. That's where he's arming us. He's prepping us. He's empowering us for everything that we need. If the battle comes and overtakes us, it's not God's fault. It's not even Satan's victory. It's we handed him the battle because we chose to not consecrate ourselves. Repeatedly, we see Jesus went away and got alone. Jesus pursued God. You see, it is a life and death battle. Because at some point, it may not be just your life and your hands. It may be your spouse's. It may be your child's. It may be that you're in the right place at the right time to be able to bring life back into a lifeless body. Are you prepared? And can you live with the fact that you weren't? It's a very real reality. We're called to so much more. We have got to be ready.
So we're going to get ready and we're going to go into prayer. And if there's anybody that struggles to pray, let me make it super easy for you. It's just talking. It's just talking to Diddy. When we do this, you can sit in your seat. You can walk around. You can pace. You can kneel. You can lay. You can do all of the above in any given order. And here's the great thing. God does not speak King, King James Version. He speaks love. He speaks, I want to be your best friend. He speaks, I know you inside and out, so why are you being all weird? Just talk. He knows how you talk. He knows I sound like a country bumpkin, and there's sometimes I'm grammatically correct, and there's sometimes I ain't. And he loves me all in between. We read James 4, 7 this morning where it says, Humble yourself before God. Resist the devil and he will flee. The very next verse says, Come close to God. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. It's not God that consecrates us. It's God that calls us. I can pick up this phone and I can call Holly again and again and again and again. But if she never answers the call... She's not going to get it. We've got the call to do as Jesus did, to separate ourselves, to purpose ourselves, to seek after him. We've got the call to greatness. So we have to answer it by spending the time with him so he can pour into us everything we need to know. So we're going to enter into prayer. And parents, I'm going to say this. This isn't just for you. Draw your kids into this and stop babying them. I don't care if they're 5, 15, 17, or anything in between. Your kids have a call on their lives. Your kids are mirrors. If you want to see how great your life is with God, look at your children. You need to bring them in to your time with God. You need alone time. But you need time where you get on your knees with your kids and you show them how it's done. There's no safer place to do this than here. So put your kids in prayer. This isn't a time to sit and stare as all the adults pray. This is a time for you to do what God's leading you to do. And he may not lead you to do what your friend's doing. Because you've got your own call. Because you're created for greatness. And it may not be where they're going. So right now, we're going to go ahead and end live stream. Good night, y'all. And we're going to draw near to God. This whole evening, if you have been spiritually attuned at all, you could feel God pulling on you. You could feel him saying, I want time with you. I love you. I'm here. 
He's just waiting on us. So do whatever you need to do. Whatever Diddy is calling you to do, do it.